0: spookies and welcome back to the Appalachian Spooky Hour podcast. I'm Sam, your host, and we have Mandy aka MJ with us this evening. She has come back for yet another episode.
1: Yay, hi spookies.
0: <laughs> um we're going to do things a little bit different tonight. Um I wanted to kind of talk about um a very famous part of Appalachia, which is, of course, the Appalachian Trail. I feel like a lot of people kind of know a little bit about the Appalachian Trail, or at least know that it exists. Um, a few facts before we kind of get into the the spooky part. Um, if you don't know, the Appalachian Trail is nearly 2,200 miles. It's a hiking trail that follows the Appalachian Mountain Range up the east seaboard of the united states it's um it's actually the longest hiking trail i believe in the world like continuous hiking trail there's no there's no breaks in the trail there's no point where you um travel by anything but your feet it passes through 14 different states um not going to name them all but um north carolina tennessee virginia west virginia It actually goes from Georgia to Maine through 14 East Coast states. It's the longest and largest running volunteer conservation project in the world, which means that the entire trail, all 2,200-ish miles, is maintained completely by volunteers. This is not maintained by the Park Service, as far as I'm aware, in any capacity. The elevation gain loss of hiking the entire Appalachian Trail is actually the equivalent of climbing Mount Everest 16 times. And I did not know that until today.
1: No, neither did I. Oh, my goodness.
0: Yeah, the summit of Everest is like uh, 29,029 feet. Um, So the elevation change hikers traverse along the trail totals up to 464,464 feet
1: oh no
0: no (laughs) yeah right Um, that's incredible and on the trail you have um your day hikers and your through hikers your day hikers are people who like if you and i were like oh let's go to harper's ferry and hop on the appalachian trail and walk for the day or you know you might uh, be a section hiker where one year you hike this state and the next year you hike this state through hikers are the absolute like Badass psychos who do the entire thing in one go. I cannot imagine.
1: I, I can't, and I. It's how long would that take? Months. Yeah, I was. I was gonna say that is pretty much traversing the eastern seaboard of the United States. From you're just um, kind of like, uh, not including Florida. Well, I
0: think that there's like less than like twenty two thousand people who've successfully completed a through hike yeah no, you know I'm sure there's people who've completed the entire trail in sections or like via day hikes over years but the yeah. number of people who've done the entire thing just in one go I actually only know one person who hiked the Appalachian Trail and I can't honestly tell you if he did it all at one time was actually a doctor my old OBGYN Dr. Mitchell he actually um, took time off work one year to hike the Appalachian Trail and wow. I, I don't know if he finished but, um, yeah, when I call these people psychos, I mean that in a good way because, like, I can't imagine being ambitious enough to do this and, like, not even necessarily fit because you see all kinds of people attempting this. Mm-hmm. But, um, we're not here to talk like super specifics about the trail and about the hike or whatever. We're actually going to talk about um, some creepy stories of people who've been on the trail hiked the trail whether that's a day hike a section hike a through hike um i actually found this list online and we're gonna go through some of them and kind of talk about um our feelings toward them maybe kind of whether we think they're fact or fiction okay um, so let's try this one first um apparently there was a young couple who was hiking on the appalachian trail in the southern part of virginia very specifically when they experienced something they supposedly could not explain and they were asleep in their tent one night and they woke up to the sound of like rustling noises coming from outside the tent and the man went out to investigate and he saw some figures lurking around and he scared them away and he thought about chasing after them but then decided nah, you know i better not so the next night they made camp in a different spot with their backs to a cliff kind of to be prepared like nobody can sneak up behind them and they both fell asleep with guns next to them and the figures returned and he kind of announced like hey we're armed and the people took off and the next day they kind of hustled to get out like they were done and around midday while they're trying to like get back to civilization they round a corner And they see the silhouette of a figure standing off in the distance, kind of watching them from afar. And they did end up getting off the trail and back to civilization, but they just kind of felt like after that they were being watched. I believe this.
1: (laughs) I I was going to say, I believe this. Um, Just based on the fact, and I don't know why I'm drawing this connection. You know, the the clown thing that happened? Yeah. Just because people will do something like that like just be creepy and follow you around and stand on the sides of roads and stuff totally believe that occurred whether it was of a paranormal sort I don't know I don't I believe paranormal. they felt that I believe I believe that
0: I I think it was people um nothing, yeah. nothing paranormal I don't even know that they were super nefarious like <laughs> I live in rural Appalachia so I know like there are some weird people in very rural places and you know maybe these are these could have just been teenagers getting their kicks by scaring some hikers on the trail you Absolutely. know um and there's creepy people everywhere like you said there's people that do this crap just because they can yeah um so that one i i buy into because you know i don't think it was it was paranormal at all i think it was just somebody being a douchebag i
1: i agreed i i believe that happened i believe it um,
0: there's another story that's very similar. Um it was like 1988. A man was hiking the trail. Um he noticed this bright light kind of coming from the forest next to him. And he thought, Well, I don't want to bother anybody, I'm not gonna set up camp too close. So he kind of moved on a little bit away from it. And then he woke up in the middle of the night and there was a man standing over his hammock. And the man took off and yelled to some people that the guy couldn't see who were, I guess, lurking in the woods that he was awake and he got scared, hiked his stuff up, hiked his stuff up, packed his stuff up, took off. Um, he hiked a few more days. Didn't really see anybody again, so he started to relax. That night, he's back in his hammock asleep and then somebody cuts it down, wraps him up in it and drags him away. They then beat him mercilessly. Oh, God. And they were kind of bickering back and forth with each other like they were fighting over something. And he was able to use his knife to cut through the hammock, escape, and take off. Um the police kind of looked into it, but they they came up with nothing. Um again, this is I believe this.
1: Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Like, this is
0: I mean, this is not paranormal in any way, again, but scary.
1: Oh, absolutely. Yeah
0: just based on the fact that I could never do that kind of camping alone I wouldn't want to
1: no neither would I I would feel I don't have the necessary skill set first of all uh, and I I would just be too scared
0: I think I could survive yeah you could I I wouldn't want to for the same reason and and it's not just like oh we're women and doing things alone as women is scary it's just that for things like this you yes. know, if he had a buddy there, would they still have beat him? Maybe. But, you know, going solo camping somewhere like this, where there's sections where you're so far from civilization, forget just about medical emergencies. You know, if they had like broke his legs or something, he would have had to have lain there until somebody finally came along.
1: You would hope if somebody finally came along. Yeah.
0: So, mm-mm.
1: no believe it happened and i wouldn't want to be there
0: Uh, me either all right here's an interesting one um in may of 1972 a hiker supposedly saw a ghost from like a different time period they were walking alone and there was a very heavy ground fog that rolled in and he looked up and saw a person walking in a heavy coat with a wide-brimmed hat on And the guy was kind of staggering, looking at the ground like he lost something. He started walking toward the hiker, still looking at the ground. The hiker kind of stepped aside to avoid bumping into the guy. They got close to each other. The man then suddenly looked at the hiker. And this man had these really cloudy blue eyes that kind of stared through him. And this is like when the hiker gets kind of scared, like, oh, my God. Then he kind of realizes, like, okay, this guy's dressed like he's from a different time period. He, you know, kind of was, like, trying to say hello. Like, oh, you know, hi. The man didn't respond. The hiker was like, okay, that's weird. He starts walking. Then he turned back, and the man had just disappeared. Mm -hmm. This is not the first story I've heard from, like, the Appalachian Trail where people have discussed like hearing strange noises or seeing strange figures in fog.
1: Yeah. My, my initial reaction was, Oh yeah, you saw something in fog. Okay. Um, you know, which to me would have discounted it, but the fact that there was actual close enough interaction to see eyes, um, that's interesting. And I have heard about, you know, sightings of on the Appalachian trail, And does it say what part of it they saw this person on? Because I know that that Mm -hmm. trail cuts through some like really old areas, right?
0: I mean, it follows the entire Appalachian Mountain.
1: Yeah, it's through the mountain.
0: um, I mean, we get a lot of very dense fog. And I know that it's very easy for your eyes to play tricks on you, but I'm with you. Like, he was close enough to this man to see that he had cloudy blue eyes yeah that's totally
1: unresponsive yeah
0: and it's not like you're looking out and think you see something moving like this person was close enough for him to see the color of his eyes
1: yeah i would give that one some credence if it had stopped with the i saw a man trying to find stuff in fog i would have been no
0: yeah it's it's
1: the interaction that kind of has me going oh okay
0: yeah i don't that one i mean it was also 1972 a lot of people were on like cocaine but
1: Trode. that was that was a fun time but
0: was- I don't know yeah I'm with you like something about it has believability to it
1: yeah I wouldn't I wouldn't put I'll put it on the plausible I, I won't discredit yeah, it right I'm not away.
0: gonna I'm not gonna totally uh, totally discount that one but there is another ghost story um this actually takes place at P- around Pierce Pond which is in Maine And it was nighttime. He was kind of hanging out, enjoying his campfire. And then he spotted a figure walking a short distance away from his campsite. It had a very ghostly appearance, whatever that specifically means. Um, It looked like a woodsy outdoorsman kind of guy that um, kind of was dressed in fishing gear. And by appeared to be in fishing gear, I'm assuming they mean like um, the vest, like fly fishing gear. Yeah. Be like the vest waiters. Um, and then supposedly it just kind of faded into the night. He kind of didn't know what to think about it, but then the next night it came back. But this time it stopped and just stared at the hiker. The guy got so scared he abandoned his camp and ran off into the woods and hid behind a tree until morning came.
1: Oh wow.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So again, part of me is like, okay, was this a ghost or just some guy?
1: Like, oh that was my gut but yeah i was like i don't discredit that he saw someone if they were scary enough that he ran and hid behind a tree yeah like that, there's nothing about that to me that says ghost
0: my first instinct we're out camping and somebody appears and is just staring at us i'm gonna be like bro if you don't get out of here i'm gonna cut you at that uh, point you're gonna know if it's real or
1: not. yeah true and and the vagueness of they looked ghostly yeah well, and like you know
0: a proper it, it bit of faded full moon and the, the fog
1: night yeah it, well yeah so if you got some shadows and a in a full moon and you know funky lighting it could look like you faded into the night yeah i i don't think that's a ghost but obviously it was someone creepy we'll give them that creepy. yeah i
0: think it was somebody <laughs> who was creeping around saw him yeah. came back to creep on him some more got caught <laughs> and yeah scared the hell out of this guy
1: yeah i am with. yeah that's that's my take
0: okay okay here's a good one and you know how much i love old Native American legends yes this is supposed to be I haven't looked it up I'm gonna have to look it up after this it's the legend of Spearfinger and Mm. it's a Cherokee Indian legend and it's kind of like I think their version of the boogeyman they used it to scare children um supposedly Spearfinger is this witch-like hag who kind of takes on the persona of a sweet old grandmother she supposedly lurks around the peaks of the smoky mountains keeping an eye out for children who've wandered away from their parents kind of like pennywise she likes to prey on their fear oh she tells them she'll help them find their parents but then she sings them to sleep once they're asleep she uses her fingers to gouge out the,
1: their liver and then eats it in front of them Oh, that's, oh, well, that would scare me from wandering away from home.
0: If I had heard this story when I was a kid, I would never have gone back to the Smoky Mountains. I would have <laughs> cried and kicked and screamed every time my family was like, let's go to Pigeon Forest.
1: Oh, I, I, no. <laughs> I would. I, I don't think I've ever properly been to the Smoky Mountains. I, like, uh, I don't want to now. <laughs> when I was a kid my
0: mammy would try to like keep us in line by telling us you know the old boogeyman will get you or like the devil's gonna get you and she told this terrifying story about I don't remember who who the kids were if it was like her when she was a kid or I don't remember but supposedly this happened in their house um that my great-grandparents lived in and then my grandparents lived in and um they were roughhousing and they were told to stop and that the devil was going to get them. And the kitchen door swung shut and the devil was hiding in the corner behind the door. And I like would shit my pants.
1: Oh no. Oh gosh. We didn't have a threat like that when we were little, but we were told that if you didn't behave um, that there was a, a special like government institution that came and took bad children. Um, <laughs> so that's, I. that is totally a story that was meant to keep children in line oh absolutely, absolutely. And, and like oh gosh and maybe there's a little thread of truth maybe there was that woman in those mountains and she was misunderstood but <laughs> I, I don't think
0: she ever existed i legit think oh some native american moms were like these kids are terrible how do we get them in line well there's this creepy old lady who eat your liver
1: oh yeah they doubled down not only did she take you away and and, and she you know put, oh preyed on your fears and then ate your liver to top it off hmm that, that's yeah. great that like, would have worked on me i
0: don't well you know the devil will get you it was pretty scary but like it was never the boogeyman's
1: gonna come and eat your liver no yeah even yeah the devil didn't eat your liver <laughs> <laughs> that was never a threat <laughs> yeah, that one yeah uh, that's a good one mm-hmm. yeah
0: <laughs> um so another story um in 1962 There were three major battles of the Civil War that were fought in different uh, mountain passes in what's now the Maryland section of the Appalachian Trail. And like with most battles in the Civil War, a lot of people died. There was a lot of bloodshed, a lot of carnage, um, super high death count. And there's people who um, claim when hiking over these particular passes that they've seen ghost soldiers odd campfires heard the sounds of cannons in the distance there's a farm nearby where a man named daniel wise oh no back that up it belongs to a man named daniel wise the bodies of 58 soldiers were tossed down an old well on the property and now people claim that these men still walk that farm to this day and um as a big uh study of civil war history because of the area i grew up in and because of like ancestral familial involvement on both sides of you know of my dad's family especially there are so many stories of civil war related haunts and i believe them because that was such a violent thing and violence to lend itself to these sort of situations where people come back to haunt where they died
1: yeah even in uh you know the canadian when i went to high school in a canadian high school we talk about the american civil war i was fascinated by the american civil war and we do touch upon it and what was driven into us was the absolute brutality (laughs) like just you know because it was just at the time period and um i've been in areas that were civil war battlegrounds or or areas where you know there was casualties how does that not leave like I believe that absolutely to die in the high mountain passes far away from home probably starving and injured being thrown down farmer's wells well big part of it too for me is
0: because this wasn't a foreign war, we were fighting each other, and when they say it yes, was brother against brother, it was you had family members fighting and killing family members, and that's a whole different level of just brutality,
1: absolutely.
0: Yeah, it, it's a different, it's to, a totally different thing. Um, and I've been so- um to battlefield civil war and revolutionary, and they all have a vibe, and the vibe is never good. Um, yeah. And part of it's a psyche thing. Like, okay, you know how many people died here. And part of it is just, it's almost like the land absorbed the blood and the emotions and, and what was
1: left. And it's scarred it yeah. forever. Like that's, that's I was gonna, it. Yeah. I was going to say it's scarred. No, it's even, yeah. It left these scars in the land, in the air, in the trees. Like, I believe that. I mean, I've never been there, obviously in this part in Maryland or this portion of the trail. But if, I, if someone said, oh, I saw a soldier walking around this area, i go, I believe you. Absolutely. You know there's lost souls there. All right. Um,
0: this one's very specific to Dudleytown, Connecticut. Apparently, this place has the nickname of the Village of the Damned. Oh, joy. Um, it was founded by descendants of Edmund Dudley, who was beheaded by Henry VIII for treason. And supposedly this cursed um, the land and his family. And the Appalachian Trail apparently runs like right alongside it. And it was built in the 18th century, but abandoned in the 19th century. And no one knows why it was abandoned. But some people think it's because residents who stayed there went insane or committed suicide after claiming they were possessed by demons. Oh, gosh. Apparently now in modern times, people report seeing strange lights and orbs surrounding the area um which you know me i believe in ghost lights but orbs are a crock of shit (laughs)
1: like (laughs) yes we have discussed that and i I happen to feel the same so when
0: people say they see orbs i always want to ask specific questions like okay did you see an actual like ball of light moving around or did you get out your camera and saw a little flex floating around and said it's an orb because
1: it's not yeah or even in my own you know vision going oh there's something floating like no a ball of light one thing a fleck of something you know on your camera dust oh
0: yeah yeah i have to admit i don't know a ton about edmund dudley or why he was like what treason he committed
1: against henry the eighth yeah um what an interesting connection to like henry the eighth of all people yeah like random um this one i'm just like "Eh, it's a ghost town yeah and, when, and if it's been vacated for that long you can make up whatever story you want about
0: it yeah it's 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 a ghost town it d- doesn't seem to have anything unique going on about it besides this guy apparently had his head cut off by henry the eighth and now his family's like cursed or whatever like okay
1: i mean it's a great story but i i would lean more towards it being a great story yeah
0: yeah i just that one i i don't i don't sorry dudley but i think that's a crock <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm with sorry you. you lost your head but
0: Oh, well, every year about 24 hikers go missing on the Appalachian Trail, but most of them are found within just a couple of days. So, the case of Geraldine Lergay, I think that's how you say her name, um, was a very strange one. Um, she was 66 years old and she was halfway through a through hike on the trail in 2013, and she just disappeared. Um, on that day she was planning to hike about 8 miles north and was going to meet her husband at a rest stop, i believe for like a supply pickup. Um they met up regularly at certain points that she had prearranged, but she never showed up. Her body was found in 2015 um just miles from a road that led into town. You might have heard of her before. Actually, she's the one that was uh, missing for 26 days and they found her and she had kept a journal
1: the more you speak on this the more i think i do know who she is yes i think i have heard her story because i was just gonna ask was there a journal (laughs) yeah
0: um she wrote journal entries tried to send text messages um yeah i'm pretty sure she um she got lost she got off the trail and she got lost. I'm pretty certain that's her and uh in the notebook one of the entries was something like when you find my body please call please call my husband and my daughter um let them know that I'm dead and where you found me. Um very sad story um and she wasn't far at all off the trail if I'm if I'm not mistaken. But, you know, that, while that's a
1: sad story, I don't necessarily find that scary. Yeah, I kind of find it, because it, if it's the one I can picture, there's a, a famous picture of her that's the last picture ever. Yeah, and of she's her. smiling. And she's, she like, smiling. Yeah, that's her. Yeah. Um, I find that story very um, sad. I don't I don't want not say I'm necessarily scared by it, because mistakes happen. Like, she supposedly got lost on the trail, and uh, it's wild out there
0: if i'm not mistaken she got off the trail to make camp and lost it and couldn't find it she couldn't get back okay um you know i don't know i didn't look into these stories before i started this episode with you um so i don't know for sure if she was a very experienced hiker to take on something like that i want to say probably but then again a very experienced hiker isn't likely to get lost not far from the trail i mean it, like you said accidents happen mistakes happen but uh, mostly this was just a, a sad one
1: yeah no I, especially when you see that like it would, what was for me was the fact that there was a picture um of someone that they took of her on the trail like the last person who ever saw her on the trail yeah. and uh yeah that one i just remember kind of going gosh that's why i don't go traipsing off into the woods alone
0: Um, Another one, um, I don't know if you would have heard of it or not, Um, I already knew about it, was um, Randall Lee Smith. Back in the 80s, he pled guilty to murdering two hikers on the trail. He actually befriended them, spent some time with them. But then one night in the middle of the night, he shot one of them and stabbed the other to death. He ended up in prison for 30 years, but only ended up serving half his sentence. Then when he got out, he did the same thing again. Oh he yeah! no fisherman on the trail and killed them both. He shot them, but they both lived. He tried to kill them both then. They they both survived. Um, he took off in a pickup truck, but he crashed it and then died of his injuries from the crash that he caused trying to flee a potential murder scene. Oh, um, for crying out loud. This one I was very familiar with. I had I had heard of it before, but um that's another reason why I wouldn't personally ever do something like the Appalachian Trail because you're out there and you don't know who's
1: out there with you. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, like I had not heard of that before. That that was a new one for me. And that part of, and and for me being from another country and from the other side of the continent, I don't know that area. <laughs> like that's why I would never because I not only do I not know who's out there with me, I don't know I might know where I am on a map, but that doesn't mean I know the area around me. I mean could be there you know it
0: trespasses through 14 states right most of it's going to be such an unfamiliar place to you
1: on you know and then you're surrounded by strangers Uh, uh, mm -mm, just know yeah and you know as much as we talk about spooky things and paranormal things humans are just as scary humans are scarier he might, but yes, humans, in my opinion, are scarier. It just, ugh, no, thank you. Um,
0: so there's an urban legend that's kind of been around for a very long time on the AT, which is about Audie Climb Powell. And apparently, at the top of Bluff Mountain, there's a marker with information about this four year old child who passed on that spot over 100 years ago hikers have reported seeing a little boy wandering the campgrounds looking for something but never actually finding it apparently nobody knows how Powell died but there's lots of theories about him and why he still haunts this place and so on and so forth um i could see a story like this having some truth to it the paranormal aspect aside you know it's kind of a little bit like um the stories that you would hear of people when they were traveling west you know people to travel to get to other places other settlements they probably took tried to take the easy route and and traverse mountains it's not super unusual for a child from over 100 years ago to be dead um that young you know
1: yes absolutely
0: so that part i find very believable the haunting part gotta take it with a grain of salt it seems like People have just kind of made up their own theories and opinions on this. Um, I don't know. Like I, I, I can see the the grave marker and all that being being a true thing.
1: Yeah, that would be very easy to make an urban legend or a story about because there's this marker for a dead child that's from a century over a century ago. So it, it you know, and there is no story. So I can see people's imaginations making oh, yeah. story. Also could, you know, but I could also believe that there is a little kid wandering around lost because no child that died on the top of a mountain, I'm going to assume, went quietly or peacefully.
0: Um On the other hand, I can see this being a legend born of our natural inclination to be afraid of the unknown. So all it takes is one person to say, oh, if you spend the night on Bluff Mountain, you you might see the ghost of this four-year-old kid that died. Yes. <laughs> and, you know, Bobby's like, oh man, I heard this noise last night and and I bet it's that dead kid.
1: Yeah, especially when you know there's a marker. Cause if the marker wasn't there, that story wouldn't exist. Yeah. So I, I feel I feel if there was no marker, you'd have no story. Um so kind of the last one is
0: um The White Mountains are part of the Appalachian Trail, and it's supposed to be, like, absolutely beautiful part of the AT. Um, But one spot, kind of creepy, it's called the Greenleaf Hut, and it's supposed to be inhabited by the spirit of a man named Ben Campbell, who was the former hut master. The thing that makes this one weird is he did not die on the Appalachian Trail. He passed away on a hike in Scotland. Oh, but it said he returned to the White Mountains or he wanted to return to the White Mountains, but he died before he could. And now his spirit roams it. Now, the part about this that is very interesting is that the mountains in Scotland are the same mountains as the Appalachian Mountains.
1: Yes. it, it Yes. I was just thinking that that the highlands, the mountains in Scotland um, are, are were once the same mountain range as as the Appalachian so that's uh, so why I was like oh he was technically in the Appalachian Mountains well, and he was hiking in Scotland
0: my thought was oh my god there's a ley line that runs from the Scottish Highlands straight into the Appalachian Mountains here and and he like straight up followed a ley line home.
1: I I believe I would that's you know out of everything we've discussed weirdly I'm on board I'm like yep he was already there he was there he just had to transverse that ocean and something connected him over i believe it yep
0: (laughs) so you know there's so many more creepy stories about the trail murders ghost sightings people getting lost strange phenomenon the weird fog seeing things hearing children laughing there's a lot to unpack and we don't have enough time to cover all of it but um as somebody who lives in appalachia in a very rural area I can see the credence in a lot of these stories. um, The paranormal ones, the ones about creepy people hanging around. Um, I get it. And it is exactly why I would never in a million years <laughs> hike the Appalachian Trail. I would go during the day. There's no way I'm sleeping there at night.
1: I was going to say, I'd be happy to be one of those day hikers. I've technically done tiny little bits as a day hiker. I am not staying after dark. No, there's... No.
0: <laughs> no, thank you. Um, between the wild animals and the ghosts and the things calling your name that you're not supposed to answer, I'm mm-mm, I'm good.
1: That makes two of us. Yeah.
0: Um, yeah, no. So uh, that about wraps up this episode. I know it was a little different. Just trying to get a little different flavor here for our season two finale. Season two is over. We're going to take a break in the month of June and we're going to come back the first of July with a really, really, really great third season that's going to include a live show from the most haunted inn in America in Gettysburg, Pennsylvania. MJ and Shell will both be there. Yay! So kind of keep an eye on the social media to find out when we're going live with that. We're going to have an episode about our overnight stay in Trans-Allegheny Lunatic Asylum. We're going to do a private tour of Pennhurst. We're staying in one of the most haunted hotels in Philadelphia we're going to do a tour and a little ghost hunting at the ohio state reformatory it's gonna be crazy it's gonna be awesome you don't want to miss any of it mj got any parting words for our season two audience
1: uh it was really fun to be here and i'm looking forward to having my the crap scared out of me for their benefit next season
0: sounds about right (laughs) (laughs) So uh, we hope you guys liked this episode. We're going to have the website launched really soon. And a really cool new feature we're going to have is where you guys can submit some of your stories about haunts, the paranormal, cryptids, whatever you've seen and experienced in and around Appalachia. We want to hear about it. And you could be featured on an episode of the Appalachian Spooky Hour. But this is Sam signing off on season two. And remember. Don't. Go outside alone after dark.